0: Hello and welcome back to the next episode already and I've been so excitedly waiting to introduce you to our next guest who's an astute business executive with 25 plus years of experience in the media and entertainment industry. Her name is Seema Mohapatra. Seema was heading the South Asian operation of BBC advertising for BBC Worldwide when she decided to follow her heart and choose the path less traveled and of course forayed into her passion which was cinema. Well, she completed a short course in filmmaking from the New York Film Academy and then worked as an assistant director on the critically acclaimed film. Hawaii film and post that of course she did a couple of other stints uh, and then finally co-founded 10 years younger productions well this production house already has three critically acclaimed feature films under its belt and uh, we have Seema right now so hey Seema welcome to uh, my podcast and the eighth episode of get up get going and find your icky guy thank you so much Thank you so much for
1: having me, Sujata. I mean, it's, it's uh, great to finally be here. I remember when you were looking at starting the podcast and it's been such an amazing uh, journey. Um, and all of them have been so fun to hear and so inspiring.
0: Thank you. That's so sweet of you. So right at the start, Seema, you know, I'm very curious to know about the name of your production company, which is called 10 Years Younger Production. I mean, was it a name that uh, was meant to evoke some feeling? You know, all of us want to feel 10 years younger or it was just that it came up, you know, a fun name. Tell us about that first.
1: It was a bit of both because, uh, you know, when we launched our uh, content company and when we wanted to tell great stories, Our production house, we had actually called it Story Loft Productions. So a lot of stories, you know, which we wanted to um, excite and, you know, have have people enjoy those stories. But we could not get the stories as a a name when we did our LLP company. And that's when we went into, you know we suddenly realized that we always spoke about how we were 10 years younger. We, you know, are, uh, we all felt and, you know, behaved like uh, we were 10 years younger. So why not the name 10 years younger? It's also very interesting that, um, you know, in terms of um, bonding with people and uh, this industry is all about uh, people, taking people along um, where, you know, I mean, this is something everyone says that I actually bond with eight-year-olds and 85-year-olds. So I have wow. <laughs> eight-year-old boys who say, Seema, auntie, is my best friend. To a 25-year-old girl who refuses to call me auntie and says, Seema is my best friend. And then I have 85-year-old who says, oh, I wish when I was 20, you were around and we could have been sharing a beard together. And she used to be the dean of a, of you know of a big university in Andhra Pradesh and very well-respected lady. And I, you know amazing person and for me to hear that she wanted to have me as a friend when she was 20 I feel that I've done something good in my life also in our industry it's a really good conversation starter you know when you when you meet people they're like wow what a fun name Uh, 10 years younger so yeah so that's our name and we hope to remain like that
0: Exactly. You know, fun and, you know, having fun and making people have fun as well with your stories, Seema. So good luck with that. And as I come to stories, you know, you've done a lot of work already with uh, this production house. So talk a bit about uh, that. You know, have people heard about the work that you have done? W- would we have seen it already?
1: You must have seen uh, our films on uh, Z5, the latest mm-hmm. one being Nail Polish with uh, Manav Call and Arjun Rampal. Um, you know which went, uh, which actually was among the top five uh, OTT content to watch in January. It launched wow. on first of Jan 2021. We did two films before that uh, called Baro, Thousand and Poshimpa, which won a few awards as well. Um, they're not very fun movies, but they're really interesting films. They were on uh, a series on uh, serial killers, different serial killers, and the whole mm. thing was instead of doing a who done it. It was more a psychological journey and, you know, uh, a very different look at um, serial killers.
0: Wow, serial killers. huh? Uh, I think my hair is standing up right now. But I did watch one of them. I won't tell you which one, but it was quite dark. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the entire journey, you know, of what goes on in the mind, right? And how uh, someone gets conditioned into becoming something like that. Right. It's a lot to do with the mind. Right, uh, Seema? Absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, we don't know uh, what I mean, you know, what they have gone through. What have they gone through to be able to uh, torture somebody else to be able to kill? You know, Uh, there's something else, Sujata, you and I share. And I I, I mean, you know, I'm happy to talk about it uh, on the podcast, which is uh, Uh what we believe in, you know, the kind of Buddhism that we both practice. We always have empathy for a person who's actually, um, you know, badly behaved because you know that that person's going through something. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. why would someone not be well, you know, uh, be polite and have empathy when people actually don't have empathy or sympathy and are rude? They are the people that need most of nurturing, you know. So I think serial killers are obviously completely broken and twisted and something's happened in their life for them to reach there. I'm not saying to have empathy for them, but I'm saying that uh, it is, it is something that they must have gone through, right? Society and, uh, and the mind is not all there for you to be. Mm -hmm.
0: Very different way of thinking, but I completely agree with you in terms of where you're coming from. Uh, Yet, 10 years younger, such a fun name. And you started with a dark genre. So uh, you know what's coming up next? Like, you know, more fun or more dark stuff? We
1: have more fun coming up. We've purely, okay. you know, a challenging time making these films. And we thought that we are actually getting 10 years older every time we make. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, This was something uh, where we have uh, gone and knocked on many doors, right? This was a completely new thing that both Jahanara and I were doing. We did not have any creds. We did not have street street creds in uh, content creation, in production. You know, I come from media. I come from having been at a very senior position in the media industry. But right. it was, I mean, you know, for somebody to trust me to create content, um, to uh, to strategize on on a on a tv channel yes they'll give it to me to run maybe one part of google people will give that to me but to be able to uh, you know create content or produce content people will kind of look at you saying hey you've never done this right and jahanara mm-hmm. comes from a production bra- background but she's not really um, you know she's not really uh, someone who's uh, uh, who's been experienced in this so we basically, when we started off, we said we have to start off at the bottom of the rung. We have to learn. I'll tell you a story later about, you know, how uh, I got to meet her. But we said that, you know, we have to go and sell our uh, petty of content, whatever we have. And then from then on, um, you know, from there on, uh, go ahead and see what people buy it. And that's when Z5 actually Picked this up. Picked up the serial killer, you know, anthology of uh, films because my mother also asked, "Why are you making such dark films?" <laughs> but now we of course be. have, um, you know, we of course have uh, things coming up, which is in the romance genre, which is you know, young adults, and uh, we're developing things. So we are now developing, uh, you know, things uh, which have been hopefully greenlit and you know can go ahead. So yeah, super,
0: super. Well, well, that's a lot of fun, romance, love coming up, and that's all going to be in the future. But now, Seema, let's step back a bit into the past. Uh, Maybe not when you're 10 years younger, but a lot younger, (laughs) which was your childhood, uh, when you were really young. And you know, what was the sort of inspiration and you know, which got you here today, if there was anything in your childhood and your growing up years that inspired you to become who you are today? Just talk a bit about that.
1: Great. I mean, you know, um, my childhood was actually, again, uh, quite adventurous because uh, my father, who was a very uh, principled officer, bureaucrat, those days, you know, if you didn't listen to the ministers, they just transferred you. You didn't have social media today to sort of, you know, shame people, but they just sent you off to another place or to some small place so when we were young he was actually banished to this to this place called Koraput and they were doing the whole Bangladeshi refugees uh, you know resettlement in India so camp Mm. coming in like um, late 70s and early 80s and I had the most awesome childhood because you know you saw the royal Bengal tiger because this was like in the eastern ghats and Mm. you just Grand free. Then we had this uncle who had this amazing collection of books, and we would just sit and read all that. There were classics, you know, which were in form of comic books. I, don't, I haven't seen them after that, and they were so amazing. So we got a world view sitting in a little hill station, which was on the border of Orissa and Andhra, and that time Madhya Pradesh, and we got to see films. Can you believe it? Uh, on a, on a you know on a cinema operator van would come. And uh, Mm -hmm. they would put, uh, you know, they would put down these screens and they would, uh, uh, you know, play out the films and you brought your own chairs and came there, which was like so much fun. How cool. And I saw all the Satyajit Ray films. So I guess that was, I guess, my first uh, influence of films, you know, Pater Panchali and those kind of things. And I always knew I wanted to tell stories, okay. When I think I was in my... 9th 10th I told my father that I want to go to national school of drama and uh, he said that listen I want you to stand on your two feet and that's pretty a big deal you know telling your daughter that you want her to be financially independent my father never said get married and uh, he was like you know first stand on your two feet Um, get a degree you know how how Indian parents are get a degree that will actually allow you to do things later in life as a hobby which, of course, you know, you never did because then I did my MBA. I went down the route of, um, you know, doing MBA and then getting a job. And then you forget mm. all about it. You don't forget all about it. I mean, I actually got into media. I got into Star TV as my second job and right. saw it being built and, you know. But I, and and uh, I wanted to kind of, was very curious to go to uh, Channel V, see how promos are being made. But unfortunately, mm. I was in sales and marketing. So that's what I did, and that's those days you had fun building up these, you know, channels. And uh, the channel V team would say, "If you're interested, just come, just hang with us. We'll teach you how to do um, do these things." But you know how they say that you always uh, there's a time for everything, and that wasn't the time for me to, you know, get into production and get into filmmaking and get into telling stories. So I pretty much uh, was part of the media world uh, when the television history was being built so that is a those are stories for another day but uh, Mm -hmm. we had uh, you know there was star tv being built uh, and I left just at the cusp of when you know KBC was coming in it was yeah I left Peter had offered me that uh, job on star plus saying stay and you know you'll be whatever, the West head for uh, Star Plus and, you know, we are going to be doing big things. But I left, I went to BBC. I always, it was for me, um, who I worked for also mattered. And Usha Samuel, who was my boss then in BBC, I adored her. She was amazing. You learned a lot from her. So I went and joined BBC. But it was a very good decision because um, I very quickly went on to head uh, BBC, All India as the sales head, one of the youngest sales head. And all in all of this, of course, I got married and had an amazing kid. And I decided um, when I was about 12 years into BBC that, uh, you know, I've been there, done that. I want to quit. I want to figure out what I want to do uh, for the rest of my life. Because I don't think you can do a corporate job for the rest of your life. So... What was my ikigai? You know, so you're talking about ikigai, and it was right. What was my ikigai? And I've done this, I've been here, I've done this, I have conquered my negative, um, you know, lot of negative stuff. Um, something which I wanted to tell I don't know whether this is the right time, Sujata, but I wanted to tell some of your listeners that uh, every time in my team, you know, when people wanted to quit, when they were down and out. They would come and I would say, please don't quit when you're down and out. You'll take Mm -hmm. wrong decisions, you know. You have to quit when you're at the best of, when you're doing the best at a job. When you are at the highest sort of, you know, uh, confidence in your own self. That's when you Mm -hmm. should change because that's when you'll take the right decision. So a lot of people used to stay back and I did that myself. I mean, when I was down and out and I was questioning myself as to, you know, I've been in this corporate world, I've done um, very, very uh, good things and I've made a difference. Um, uh, but am I, I mean, you know, can I handle all this politics? Should I be even handling politics? That's when I got introduced to SGI, Sokagakai Gakkai and the, that uh, Nichirin Daishin and Buddhism. And it is so amazing because it tells you that focus on your work and everything will, you know, turn around. And always, you know, respect and have uh, the utmost respect for your work and for the people around you. And the people around you me. believe me. When I quit BBC, they threw parties in five cities for me, of India, wow. and people like my clients came saying, "I have never seen, you know, parties being thrown when people leave." So it was amazing. So I left on a real high. But I also left without not knowing what I wanted to do. I hadn't fixed what I wanted to do. I left also because I thought I wanted to enjoy my daughter. You know, she was six, going to be seven. I never quit feeling the pressure that, you know, I have to be at home to look after my daughter. That pressure was there when she was born till she was four or five years old, right? Right. Again, I tell young mothers, you know, Do not leave your job when the child is one, when the child is born till two years. They don't need you as long as you can find comfort for them. After two is when they need you. But never, ever leave feeling that I have done this for my child. Because then you're putting so much pressure on your child. You're not, uh, you you know, you have quit because you want to look after your child. But I quit because I wanted to enjoy my child. I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do in life. You know, what is my mojo? What is it that I want to do? I've done what I wanted to do in the corporate world. And, uh, you know, what was what was my next calling? What was my next calling? Was something that I wanted to figure out. And I was thinking um, earlier today that unless you wander, you're never going to find anything. Unless you're lost. Mm-hmm you're not going to find a path, you know, if right. it's going straight, straight jacketed. So, yeah, uh, that was sort of my journey. Um, and, uh, but I wanted to also tell you a bit about uh, my father, who's sure. one of my, um, you know, one one of my heroes and someone that I follow. Uh, he was a communist when he was in, in college. But um, what was the biggest thing about him was, that he took on a challenge without ever complaining. He was the most positive, focused human being I have seen, always up to a challenge. He always stood up for what's right. He did so much of work for people. I mean, he had a wide range of activity. He was, of course, a bureaucrat, but, you know, he started an orphanage. He built a temple, which was for the tribals, by the way, and where anyone can go in, which is so difficult in today's atmosphere. You know, he was um, at the height of his success before he, of course, moved into politics. He was the blue-eyed boy of the chief minister. He was an IAS who was running the state. And the next chief minister came in. He was sent off to run an academy, which was for the IAS training academy. That was considered like, you know, um, a fall from where he was. But... He made it an experience for all the IAS trainees who passed out. You know, they talk about him even today, saying it was such an inspiring time. So for you to take whatever situation mm-hmm. that's given to you and to turn it around, you know, to take it up as a challenge, you know, it's, it's, it's a very rare trait. And uh, that kind of personality inspires mm-hmm. me, you know. Mm-hmm. I always feel I wish I'm just half of what he was half of being so fearless and committed and determined and knowledgeable. So that's where I sort of bring my passion that whatever I want to do, you know, I want to be really, um, really good and really be committed to what I want to do. And that comes out, you know, when we are, we are nobody today, you know, we're a small boutique production house. We are up against some very big names but our whole uh, whole thing is it's fine we want to tell stories we'll find a way of telling stories what will happen at the maximum people will say no na so i mean the no could turn into a yes at some point in time so
0: absolutely absolutely and the determination that you bring with you i think will make any no turn into a yes seema as far as i can hear it in your voice and your inspiration is your dad and who you spoke about and I thought that bit about the IAS Academy was so brilliant you know the, the fact that he turned it around into an experience for the others yeah. right uh, to look up to to remember always I thought that was brilliant and you know you, you've you got lots of inspiration and passion from him uh, Seema now this inspiration and passion you know how did you kind of pour into your filmmaking? And uh, how are you taking it forward in your ikigai? I'll go
1: back to when this all started, okay? Because um, sure. of course I took time off, and as you know, you know when you're in a when when you're in a cycle, right? You've done twenty years of corporate job. You you get up in the morning and you know that there's a schedule you need to go. You need to you know reach office on time. You have only a weekend to uh, to look forward. You, you you slightly have a mechanized life, you know. From that mechanized life to try and come into feeling that, okay, I can do anything. I can actually read a book in the afternoon, you know, if I want to sit down and read a book. And it's very difficult, trust me. I'm sure you have your personal experience in it. You know, it's so difficult absolutely (laughs) I do you know to readjust and to reorient right because you you just didn't have I mean you you never had some time on a weekday in the afternoon I mean what do you do with it so it took me a little time and I wanted to I didn't want to jump into another job I had a couple of really interesting offers but I held myself back saying I don't want to take up anything because then I shouldn't have quit my job I had a great job I was doing well at it so why should I quit and But I just pulled myself back. And of course, I went through sleepless nights. You know, it all sounds hunky-dory. I think uh, after 11, I would just ask myself, what the hell am I doing with myself? You know, I've thrown my life away. So you go through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even today, I question it, right? I could have been CEO of any of the organizations, large organizations today. I would have been getting a salary there, you know. So you have a lot of perks in the in the corporate world. And leaving it is really scary because you had a path you had a you know and it was also a kursi uh, and people once you leave people forget you you know you're you're there you're not there so it is uh, it's quite scary it was quite scary but it was something uh, you know I wanted to deal with I wanted to get it over and done with because if I had gone back to a job I would have had to do this at 60 or 65 right Or at 70, I would have had to do this at some point in time. So I said, why not when I'm stronger? Why not when I'm in my 40s so that I can deal with it? I can get over with it and I can start the next phase of my life. So um, Mm. after a couple of years, actually, it took me a year to just sort of, you know, get my bearings, not be like this dog. Now you open the chain. So he starts going round and round because he's never been let out of a chain. So,
0: nice, so you nice. go
1: round and round, chasing your tail, and then after a while you realize, okay, I can run further off. Don't have a chain. Nice, so, nice. Baad, and in that, By the way, my father questioned me, saying, what the hell are you doing? Do you just want to, you know, not do anything in life? And I resisted all of that. You know, all of that. And I have to give you one small incident, which is really funny. I met this um, advertising guy, right? One of my business uh, uh, kind of friends, and So when I met him at a party and I said, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. And he said, but I've not asked you. But, you know, you're so feeling that people are going to ask you, what do you do? And it's a very Indian thing. Abroad, nobody asks you, you know. uh, So what job do you do? And it it could make people feel bad. I mean, why would you ask someone, what do you do? So before I was asked, I used to say, no, you know, I'm I'm actually um, consulting with this marketing firm. I'm doing this, you know this for social work i'm doing this so i was trying to rattle out because i was just used to be seema mahapatra bbc you know seema mahapatra star tv or seema mahapatra regional director that's how you're sort of mentally kind of uh, you know tuned to do so anyway after mm. this i said okay when i was 20 i wanted to make films at 40 something i should try and make films you know why not so um, how what do I do? How do I go about it? So that's when I asked a few people, I asked, you know, people who become studio heads. I mean, I knew all of them. They're all from, from the industry. And I was like, <clears throat> can you give me a job so I can learn production? I went to Sid Roy Kapoor, in fact. And he said, listen, I don't think you should come and do a production job. If you want to direct or you want to tell stories, please go and... You know, join a course. So I did a very short course at the NYFA at the New York, mm-hmm. uh, which it was supposed to be a holiday actually, uh, where I was going to the US for a holiday, and I turned it around and I realized they were doing a week of uh, a, a week of a course in filmmaking, and it kind of mm-hmm. had every aspect like you know directing, writing, a um, little bit of cinematography, a little bit of production. So I decided to go and join that. And I would come back, Uh, Subrat, my husband, you know, he had gone on work. So he would see me taking notes till three in the morning. You know, I was having this, I don't think I ever took notes in school or college. I wasn't a front bencher and, uh, you know, so, but here I was because it was so interesting and I wanted to get into this. So I actually sat and took copious notes, you know, I made a film, which was crap. Like Mm -hmm. we all had to do a student film film. Short film, and it was completely crap. Okay. But I still didn't give up. I came back, and then that's when, that, at that point in time, I wanted to make kids' films. Right. So I figured out that Amol Gupte was making this film called Hava Hawaii. So I went to him and said, Can I be an AD in your film? And he's like, Why do you want to be an AD? That's the lowest common denominator you know they, they get shouted at mm-hmm. I said but I want to be an AD an assistant director because I want to learn I want to be on ground and learning otherwise how am I going to know what a f- what films are all about and so I went and I was an AD by the way that's where Jahanara and I met and she in our you know our thinking is very similar so we must work together so we must do something together. <clears throat> so that's oh. when we started off. And of course, it, in that, in between, I helped the Mumbai Film Festival. You know, they were, um, it was changing hands. So I helped create the sponsorship model. Then I, you know, Vinod Chopra asked me to come and help do some marketing. But what I realized is if I was 20, I would have continued doing these things because I would have learned from all of them. But in my 40s, I can't spend another 10 years, you know, Giving what I know, which is my, um, you know, sales, marketing, strategizing capabilities to learn creative. So I said, "Um, we have to do it on our own. Just jump off the ship and you'll learn to swim. So that's when uh, Jahanara and I started. We decided that, you know, we'll start creating our own content and we'll tie up with, you know, like-minded people and we'll curate content. And one day I hope to direct which was supposed to be last year, but I haven't, you know, I want to make my own uh, own film as well. But uh, as of now, yeah, we creatively produce our own films and we produce as well as creatively produce. So we take an idea and see that, you know, that idea is an interesting idea. The person who's writing it is as passionate as us. And then we start, you know, creating a whole pitch Bible. Then we take it and present it to platforms, And if it is, uh, you know, if they put it into development, we work on it. This year, we're hoping we'll also do our, you know, independent film. Um, So let's see where that one goes. So, yeah, so that was the journey where I was an AD and then, Mm. you know, did some marketing for a a first Hollywood film called uh, Broken Horses, um, you know. But I learned from, from each one of them, I picked up something or the other which stayed with me. I mean... Deepa Bhatia is one of the best editors in the country all time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and because when I went in, you know, when I went into um, the Hawaii sort of set and I realized because, that yeah. though Fox Studio was their uh, studio, but they were not uh, selling that film. And I know what selling and advertising mm-hmm. and in-film branding is, right? Because, I mean, I, I can do that with my eyes closed. So I actually got them to uh, brands, Um, You know, which were there in the film, which was integrated so uh, beautifully that it didn't look like, you know, it was a sales uh, or it was an advertising message. So we created a song and I did all that just out of my own passion. So in return, I actually got a a place on the table. And, uh, you know, it's basically both Amol and Deepa said, you're not our AD. You are going to know every facet of the business so whether it's you know editing right. whether it's post-production they said that you you'll be our marketing consultant and I was like no I want to be called AD please I want to a creative creative <laughs> title you know um, right. but yeah so the thing is when you open out your heart and give and you are committed and passionate I think though it takes time people come around you know people know that um You're not just there for what is in it for me. And I keep telling youngsters nowadays, you know, don't go in and say what is in it for me. But you say what you can do. You know, what do you bring to the table? I was talking to, I mean, I mentor a lot of people.
0: That is so inspiring, you know, for youngsters actually to be able to, you know, ask what they can do. Not only ask what, what is in it for me, right? So thank you for saying that out loud, uh, Seema. And people who are 10 years or 20 years younger have a lot to learn from that, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, before you go, Seema, I wanted uh, to you know you to give out your special Ikigai message to our listeners. Like, How do they find their Ikigai? And when they find it, what do they do?
1: So I, I mean, I love the term Ikigai, which is, of course, I have the book as well. I mean, it's obviously a reason why you step out of bed each day right all i want to tell people is that don't fret about it it'll come it could come at uh, you know at at 15 at 30 at but just be at what you feel you enjoy doing and even what you don't enjoy doing put all your passion in to uh you know to something that you've committed to mm. and then you think how you're moving from there so it's like j- James Ivory, you know, he's got his first Oscar at the age of 89. Can you believe it? <laughs> so my message is it's never too late. Don't fret. Enjoy the journey. Thank you so much, Sujata. Absolutely.
0: You. <laughs> Absolutely. you can be 10 years younger or 20 years <laughs> older. You know, enjoy, enjoy your time and the moment, right? And follow your ikigai.
1: Live every day. We live, you know, every day we die once. So just live every day well.
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Seema. This was so inspiring. And thank you for spending your valuable time. And I think some amazing insights provided by you and wish you great luck on your journey ahead. I'm wishing to see your name on the big screen as director very soon. Thank you
1: so much. I mean, that, I, and I'm waiting for that to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me again. I've had really uh, fun doing this.
0: Thank, thank you. you. See you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. See you.